Welcome to the Live Like Eden podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so excited you're here listening. We discuss all things transformation, shifts in consciousness, nature and foods that heal, the inner workings of the mind, and how to clean up and clear out your space. All of these topics and so many more will help guide us back to our true nature. What does it mean to wake up? I want you to really ask yourself the question, what does it mean to wake up? What are we waking up from? You know, there's awakening, spiritual awakening, transformation, consciousness, shifts in consciousness, the death of the self, the death of the ego. There's a lot of terminology flying around out there. And you have to ask yourself, what does it mean? They're all essentially saying the same thing. It's just words. So what does it mean? When you're lying in your bed at night and you're off in that fantasy world in your head and you're dreaming, you have no conscious awareness that you are in a bed or a chair wherever you're sleeping and you have this amazing dream. You're creating this fascinating dream. You lose total you know, connection to your real self in the bed and it could be a great, fabulous dream that you never want to wake up from or it could be a nightmare right? All of a sudden, it's a violent, threatening dream, and you're being attacked, or you're attacking somebody else. And it's like this production, it's like a Hollywood movie, you know, a blockbuster hit in your mind. And then when the alarm goes off in the morning, and you wake up in a panic, you're relieved that the dream was only a dream. Well, that's what waking up is. You realize that some of the things you thought to be true, are not true. And when you think about that statement, what is it that is really going on in your mind? You believed it to be true. You know, you can believe whatever you want to believe and you can hold on to that structure in your mind as long as you want to, but it doesn't make it true. So the process of waking up, and there's many levels it appears to that while we're living in this world. There's stages, and it looks like we're climbing a ladder, like a hierarchy of some kind. Again, that doesn't necessarily make it true, but that's how it feels. That while you're living in this world, there are levels and different stages of awakening. And it's a slow process. Typically, it's a slow process because it's very shocking to suddenly wake up to the system. And when you're talking about waking up, there's two camps that I like to refer to, one being a spontaneous awakening and the other being the seeker. So the spontaneous awakening happens out of nowhere. The person was not planning this and it just hits them. And then it throws them down, you know, an interesting path. It could be, you know, depending on where the person was at before, was the person happy before? Was the person in a really deep state of depression before? It's different for each person, but my point is, is that the spontaneous awakening just happens to this person. And then all of a sudden they're there and maybe they didn't plan that in their life. And it's pretty shocking because they had other plans for their life. But the seeker is yearning for something that they want in their life. They know there's something that's missing and they're searching for it. And they're, you know, reading lots of books. They're, they might find spiritual teachers to listen to. They're attending workshops. And they're, they're just really interested in bettering themselves some way or just finding that, that state of mind that's peaceful. And it's like an, a never-ending search. 
you know, I always think about <laughs> when we're here in this world, how it's like, when you really think about it, we're all just like walking around, we're doing our life. And it's like, what are we looking for? It's like, we're all in a treasure hunt. And we just can't seem to find what it is that we need in order to wake up, right? I mean, it's kind of strange when you're looking at it like that. So when you're waking up, whether you're spontaneous awakening or the seeker, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter at all. It's still putting you in the process and it's bringing an awareness to your life that you now understand there's a decision maker within you that can decide how you want to see the world that there's a perceptual availability, there's a perceptual shift that can happen. And it can happen spontaneously. Like in my situation, it was spontaneous, it just happened. And then it was very difficult to adjust to. But for the seeker who's, you know, actively wanting this, it's more of a process, they just choose to see it, and then they work on it. And that decision maker says, I can either choose to see that any given situation that I'm in, in my life, with the small identity self or the ego self or whatever you call it for you, you, you know, I don't get stuck on terms. So make it comfortable for you. You know, that personality self, the identity that you think you are, are you going to view it from that perspective, which is quite often a reactionary perspective? Everything's happening to me. Or are you going to shift the perception and join with the much larger expansive awareness of spirit? or consciousness or whatever you'd want to put on that term. And are you going to see it in a, in a different perspective that there's another way to look at it and it's non-reactionary, that you're not just reacting, you're actually choosing another way to see it. Because in, when you're living in a reactionary state, we all do this, you know, so for example, let's say you're driving your car and you're going to meet somebody or you're going to work and you need to be there at a certain time or you have an appointment and all of a sudden you're just blindsided and you have a car accident and everybody's okay but it's still it's just an annoying situation to have to deal with now if you're the reactionary person you're going oh come on what the what is this guy doing or what is she doing she just ruined my day she's not paying attention you know come on and it's just this constant drama, but you got to deal with all that. This is the world. You got to call the cops. You've got to call the insurance company. You got to get your car towed. And then you're thinking this person just screwed up my day. This person just destroyed me. So there's this reaction and this sort of blaming everything on the external event or the person or whatever it is. There's this something is happening to me. It's being done to me. That's the reactionary side. That would be the ego's perspective. But if you switch and you shift your perception and, and you suddenly realize now I'm going to see it from this vast awareness from spirit's point of view, I now say I take things as they come. I deal with them in that peaceful place within. It's calm. Yeah, it might set me back for the day, but I still have to deal with it. Do I want to deal with it in pain or in peace? You know, why be miserable when you can choose to be happy or content? You have a choice. It's a decision to make. And when you're waking up, you know, before you start waking up, you may not have known this before. You may have not even recognized or realized that there was a choice to make. You just believed that you were this personality self and that everything in the world is happening to you. And it's being done on purpose to you. And therefore you can just keep, you know, attacking 
other people or other situations and not have to take responsibility and say, well, these situations are still happening in my life, but I can choose to see them differently. There is another way. There's always another way. You know, this world wants to say it's either this or that, black and white. And that puts you in a very strict box. It's structured and it feels like, oh, there's so many ways to look at situations. So many. And, you know, when you get too strict and structured in the box, and the world is putting everybody into little systems, groups, um, breaking everybody down into these little tiny things. Well, it's so much faster than that. And it's, it doesn't have to be that way. And even though that appears to be happening, you don't have to see it that way. You can make a choice. Today, I'm going to see it from a different vantage point. And then watch yourself as you move through the day. How many times do you go back to that, you know, reactionary state? Because it's so programmed in our minds that it's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's a work in progress. That's what this is. This whole system of waking up is a work in progress. It's a classroom. You'll get tossed the same situations over and over and over and over again until you, tr you truly see it differently. And then it starts to ease up and let go. And you know, even if your physical experience doesn't change, because let's face it, some of us are thrown into some seriously difficult physical realities you know, like people who are in a wheelchair for life, you know, that's a difficult physical life to live. But the person can choose to see it from a very different point of view and have a very peaceful, wonderful life. They're not reacting and feeling like it's all happening to them. They're just, they decide, hey, I know that I can see this differently and I can choose. And that's a point I want to make is that there's always a choice to make. When you think there's not a choice to be made and this is never going to change that attitude. Because I did that for a really long time. It felt like I was stuck in a cycle for years and years and years, and nothing was ever going to change. And physically, it didn't always change. But you know what changed? Eventually, my mind had to change about the situation. That's really where it starts. So I love to use the analogy upon when we're talking about waking up and all the different levels that that entails, and whether you're currently very new to the topic, um, or you're interested in it, you're a seeker, or you're somebody who's been, you know, interested in this your entire life. The onion is <laughs> perfect for this. Because when you think about an onion, whether you like to cook or not, I like to cook and sauteing onions in the kitchen always just smells so nice. And they represent symbolically you. They represent our whole makeup about awakening, like the, the flaky outer layers, you know, when you start peeling them off, they're kind of hard sometimes to get off, especially when they're not ready. You know, you're not, they're not ready yet. They're, they're newly picked or whatever. They're tight and it's hard to pull the layers off. And that's like what we do when we start waking up is we don't really want to let go of those belief systems or something we thought to be true that no longer, now we know it isn't. It's like, we don't want to go there. And so it's, it doesn't want to shed off very easily. You know, it's just very soft, very, it's not happening yet. No, I don't want to do that yet. And as you go deeper and deeper into that onion, what happens, those layers that you see, they get thicker and stronger, right? As you get closer to the center. And those are those protective layers around 
yourself, the protection I put up about all these beliefs, it's strong and it's really difficult to shed those because we've held on to those beliefs our entire life and lifetimes, I could argue. I mean, we don't really know, but it seems like it's there and it's not easy to let go of. And then the deeper you go and the longer you're in this process, you start crying, those onions make you cry, and then the tears are just coming out. It's just uncontrollable crying, right? For those of you that have been in that in your life, take a moment in your life, maybe it was grief, maybe it was whatever it was, and awakening itself is like grief. You're losing yourself and you're crying. You're letting it go. You're shedding those emotions. It's okay. Let the tears flow. You know, even if the people around you are like, why is she crying all the time? You know, like psychology would say, she has a problem. Crying that much, you're depressed, way too depressed. Yeah, waking up makes you depressed because you're waking up from something that you thought was you. And you're realizing, oh, it's not. You know, so it's it's really interesting to, you know, use these analogies. I find it, it's kind of funny, but it's not funny when you're in it. It really isn't. If you have, you're in the midst of something really hard to deal with, it's not funny at all. It's only funny when you move past it and then you can look back and see how engulfed you were in that situation. Then it's comical. It's not comical during it. It's torture. I mean, I look back on my own experience and I think, wow, I can laugh now, now, all the, all these years later, you know, and now it's sort of a comedy. I look at it like, wow, I was really, really the actress on the stage there. Was it the, uh, did I earn the Oscar? Did I get the lead role, the leading, the lead actress for the year in the drama or supporting role, (laughs) you know? when you can learn to detach from yourself a little bit and start watching yourself, then it becomes a little bit lighter. But this is a process. It takes time. It isn't easy. It only gets easier the more and more you practice it, the more and more you do it. So as you wake up, as you're waking up, and remember the dreams in the beginning, they're not real, right? When you wake up in the middle of the night, oh, thank God it's not real. Think about that perspective of waking up from an illusion that wasn't real and think about that in your daily life. How are you waking up from the illusions you're creating in your mind in your daily life? Like for example, let's say you had a person in your life that you got into some you know, argument and you created a big story about the person and this is how they acted and you can't believe they did this and you you hold a grudge and you're holding the grudge for years and years and years. And you believe all the things you think about this person because you're the one creating it in your mind. You don't really know is what that other person is actually thinking. You only know how they're behaving and acting toward you. You can't know what they're thinking. So you're really, what you're doing is using your own thoughts, your own perceptions, and creating a vision of someone else or a story. You hear that out there, that word a lot. But you're creating your own imagery of this person. And that imagery is your imagery. The other person's creating an imagery of you. 
and you have no control over what that person is saying in their own mind and believing about you. You have no control over that. And so then there's this resentment toward one another and there's a grudge held and now you're not speaking for years. And then one day you wake up and realize that that belief you had was not true. And now you feel really awful because you had all this time go by, so many years wasted because you were believing something that was untrue. This is like waking up from the dream in the reality of your life. You know, you realize, I didn't know, she didn't think that at all. Or he didn't think that about me. I thought he thought that about me or she thought, you know what I'm saying? I always think it's funny with <laughs> like dog trainers. You know, I've had lots of dogs over the years and I love dogs. And it's funny because the dog trainer wants to say, well, the dog is thinking this. And I'm always thinking in my head, like, how do you know what the dog is thinking? Like, I don't know what anyone is thinking. I don't know. I don't have a clue what they're thinking. I only know how they're speaking toward me, acting, behaving, this type of thing. But the thought structure, I have no idea about. And the dog, I mean, we only see instinctually what the dog is doing, reacting. But I don't know what the thoughts are. If there are thoughts, I don't know. Watch yourself when you're going through life and you like say something like this. Well, I know this is what she's thinking. Or I know he's thinking this about me. And I ask you to question yourself, like, how do I know what he's thinking? I don't, I really don't. And drop it. But it's hard to do that at first because it's like a program where we just keep running these different scenarios in our mind all the time. As you continue to ask what waking up is and what it means in your own life, I encourage you to always go to your inner teacher, your inner guide, your inner garden of Eden, that symbol of spiritual truth that is within you for guidance. Now you can certainly listen to people and, you know, read books and get all the information you can out there in the world. But the ultimate teacher is always in you. It's there. Whether you see it now or you don't, it is there. It's everywhere and it's in everyone. It's always available to you. This calm, peaceful, content center. At first it feels like a center point. And then eventually, as I've spoke of in the earlier episodes, there's a vanishing of the center, but then there's an understanding and a feeling that it's everywhere, that the connection is everywhere. But for now, I want to encourage you to go within. You go within to find that calm center point. You know, think of the hurricane. Think of a category five hurricane and the eye of that hurricane is still the still point, the calm center point and all of the rage going on around it. The winds are so out of control. It's just like a chaotic soup, but that calm center is there in the eye of the hurricane. That's kind of interesting. It's a symbol for you. There's this calm place within all of us that you have access to. So when you're waking up and you're recognizing that you're moving from or choosing to say, okay, today I'm going to watch myself if I'm going to react or am I going to see things differently? And can I bring that calm center point to help me see them differently? That's the key. How do we uncover this inner peace? It's already there. 
It's not like you have to create it. it. You don't have to do anything. You're uncovering it like the onion. The layers are being pulled away and deep down in the center is the essence of who you really are. A lot of times you hear a lot of people discussing we're on this evolutionary path. Well, I want to shift that for a second and say, what is like a de-evolutionary path? Let's be honest. Let's just strip away all of the layers, all of the crap, the nonsense, just pulling it away and returning to this beautiful essence and calm, peaceful center that's always there, that is a replica of who we really are as a whole. So it's an undoing process. It's a peeling away of the layers of the onion. It's waking up to that, to something that was already there. You don't have to do anything to create it. You don't have to make it. You just have to let go of all the stuff surrounding it. We put armor around ourselves. It's like we've built up these strong onion protective layers within ourselves, covering up that beautiful, peaceful center. And it's like heavy armor. It's like heavy, heavy armor metal. You know, wherever you are currently on your path of self-discovery, of waking up to reality, wherever you are in that, the armor that we have around us starts to dissipate and just starts to melt away bit by bit by bit. You know, at first it's kind of fun. Like if you're, especially if you're a seeker, you're loving it. It's like, you're so interested and it's, it's mentally, it's just like consuming you and, and you love it. And it's a great thing and it's working for you in your life and you're seeing changes and you're just meeting amazing people that think the same way that you do. And then there comes a time when that awakening process is going to take you to a very deep place. And it's going to take you down that subconscious level that I discussed before in the other episodes. And then you're really at that point, you're on a whole different program. You actually don't even want to continue. You just want to stop right there and run the other way. <laughs> so there's, that's what I mean when I say there are levels to the awakening process in this world. Now, ultimately, you know, we're all on the same path here. I personally don't think we're on different paths. We're all on the same one. We're all, we all left reality or the source, God, and now we're returning home. And the difference is, where are you on the path? And it's very difficult to know that. That's not an answer that you can answer. You can't answer that question. I don't know where I am on it. I'm not home. I'm in a body in this world. And as long as I'm here in a body in this world, there must be some more shedding of the layers. People claiming they've achieved something, that's great, but you're still in the world. And it's, it seems as if, if I don't need to be in this world anymore, then I will leave it because you're waking up to reality. You're waking up from the dream, not the dream in the bed, the dream of the world. And so, you know, you can ask yourself as you move through the day, I like to, you know, think about moving meditation. You know, how many of you meditate? And how many of you meditate because it has given you the peace of mind that you need? Maybe you have an overactive thinker where the mind is just constantly chattering, right? We've all had that where it just doesn't stop. It's worrying about everything. God, isn't the mind like a worrying mess? I mean, it's out of control worry. Oh my God, what is this? What's going to happen if that happens? I mean, and you're just eating it up. You're buying it up. I mean, it's enough to make you go crazy. 
And so meditation, I know people find because they need to stop that chatter from happening, or at least learn how to not let it consume you. Because it's not like thoughts are just going to totally stop. There's always the thinker. You know, you're in the body, you have a mind, you will have a thinking apparatus as long as you're living in the world. If you didn't have a thinking apparatus, I'm not really sure how you're going to get through it. It's going to be really challenging. Think of it like you're just learning how to detach from those thoughts and you're not letting them take over your life. And so meditation helps with that. And I know it works for a lot of people. But what I want to ask you to do is take that meditation that maybe you do and move it into a moving meditation that you take with you to your everyday life. Because it's one thing to take 20 minutes and clear yourself and find that center, that, that deep place within that's calm and access that. And it's quite another to take it with you as you move through the eye of, not the eye, but as you move through the hurricane, the chaos of the world. Take it with you as you're going through the drama of your family. You know, all families are dramatic. There's always, dis you know, they I love the dysfunctional family. Well, that's a dysfunctional family. We're all dysfunctional, all of us. We have a mind, we have an insane, conflicted mind. And until you start waking up to that, then you can start seeing it. And then that's when you can learn to use that decision maker and say, who am I going to see you with today? So when you do your moving meditation, you know, you say today or this week, I'm going to focus on watching myself in life. That's all I'm going to do first. I'm just going to watch myself. I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to try to act differently or behave differently because it's not about changing your behavior in the world right now. It's about watching it. Do you see it? Because the very first step to waking up is noticing. You have to notice it. You have to see it. If you don't see it, you're not a willing participant in, the de in deciding who you're going to see it with, right? You have to see it. And if you haven't seen it yet, that's okay. It's totally okay. You know, we're all where we are. And, but when you get the opportunity to see it, then you will start seeing it more and more and more, and then it'll become a regular thing. You might have glimpses for a while. It might take time. Like I said, it's a slow process. So don't beat yourself up. You know, don't let your identity self get it there and go, you got to do this right. And look at you, you can't even do it. You know, can you hear the mind now already correcting yourself when you're trying to do something better? <laughs> and then, and then if you're lucky, you'll notice that too. And then you just laugh because it's just, you know, you could just write a script for another movie. So in your day-to-day -day life, just watch as you, you know, get up in the morning, you're watching yourself, you're watching yourself interact in your environment with the people around you, with your friends, with your significant others, your family, your coworkers, you know, whoever, I mean, random events at the, the grocery store, you meet you know, a person that you don't know, you know, every little detail you are watching and you just notice it. That's it. Don't change anything. Don't try to behave differently. Just start noticing. And when you start seeing, then you're that willing participant that eventually you can find the decision maker that says, I can do this differently next time. I can choose to see it differently if I want to, but do you want to? You know, there is some desire there that says, I want 
this to change. I don't know how I can do it. I'm, my hands are up in the air. I don't know how. I just want it to change. And if you're one of those people, then just start watching yourself. Watch the relationship you have with yourself because that's the only one that matters. You know, we have relationships with other people and they are important to us. But the one relationship that's the only one that matters in terms of waking up is you and your mind and how you have the opportunity to see how that mind works and how to disconnect from it if you so choose. And it's not like you, you have to attain something. There's nothing to achieve here. This is just watching, noticing. And when you get better at it, laughing. <laughs> laughing at that actress or actor that you are. And things become lighter in your life. You know, that waking up process is making you feel lighter. And you don't take things as seriously anymore. You really don't. You deal with them. You know, life's throwing curveballs every day. You know, I have a house of four teenagers and it is a constant, it's just a constant drama with one of the children and then my husband and I, there's always something happening. So it's, it's every day, it's just coming at me, you know? You know, I'm their mom, so they're always coming to me with their problems. And, you know, <laughs> I just... There's always a lesson for me every day. I realize that the teacher is always available every day. And sometimes, you know, you can be really good at the interactions and sometimes, you know, shit hits the fan and it's like, okay, well, we'll try again next time. And that's the one thing that this world will provide you is a next time that you can 100% count on. You know, when things are happening in your life that it keep happening over and over and over again, and you feel stuck on the merry-go-round. It's like, God, what am I going to get off the merry-go-round? I'm just going around in circles. Or, you know, for me, when I was in the worst of the worst, I felt like somebody was taking a knife, like a voodoo doll from somebody across the world and just poking me with it all the time. And I was just, you know, the victim lying there. So when you see that the, the merry-go-round and the voodoo doll or, you know, whatever analogy you have for yourself is an opportunity to wake up from this reality or this untruth. Then you start to use that decision maker I spoke of earlier and see that I do have a choice in this. I may not have a choice in the, all the external things that are happening, what's going on in the, in the world. I may not have a choice in that. I mean, we, we could all agree on that. There are things happening out there that it's like, what is going on? It's just a crazy time to be living in right now. But you have a choice in how you see it. You do. And I invite you to use that moving meditation to just watch your life for a while. See if you can do it. And remind yourself in the morning, I'm watching. I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. I'm watching myself. I'm watching my mind. I'm watching my interaction with other people. I'm watching other people because other people are amazing teachers. You know, some of the people in my life that have been the most difficult are the best teachers that I have. And I'm grateful for them. So grateful. So when somebody's giving you a challenge in your life, and it's like you're, you're always in this battle, do you ever find yourself battling with the same person all the time? Ask yourself, what is this person offering me? Or 
Or what is this person trying to show me in myself? You know, what is it in me that I am not seeing clearly? You know, these are questions that you can just write them down and like put them, you know, on your computer screen or put them on your phone and just watch it. Just watch it for a while. You don't have to act on anything. The point is to not be a superhuman, perfect being. It doesn't happen. This is not a perfect world that we're living in. You know, it seems that the perfect world is a world that is beyond this. It's not here. This is the classroom that we're waking up from. The question I asked in the beginning was, what are we waking up from? We're waking up from the illusion of this world so that we can return to our home beyond this world. I think that's a perfect place to end this very first real episode. I hope you can take some of these questions and apply them to your daily life, and I hope it helps you. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.